Good afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. And thank you very much for joining me for chapter 16. We're on chapter 16 already. So it's five go off in a caravan and chapter 16 is called A Surprising Discovery. Listen, somebody's coming, said Nobby, and Pongo gave an ugly growl. The sound of voices could be heard coming up the hill. Then a dog barked. It's all right, it's Timmy and the others, said Julian, unspeakably glad to welcome them back. He stood up and yelled, it's all right, come along. George, Timmy, Dick and Anne came running up the track. Hello, shouted Dick. We thought it would be safe because we saw Lou and Dan in the distance running along at the bottom of the hill. I say, there's Pongo. Pongo shook hands with Dick and then went back, went to the back of Timmy to shake hands with his tail. But Timmy was ready for him this time and backing around, he held out his paw to Pongo instead. <laughs> it was very funny to see the two animals solemnly shaking hands with each other. Hello, Nobby, said Dick. Oh, goodness, what have you been doing to yourself? You look as if you've been in the wars. Well, I have rather, said Nobby with a feeble grin. He was very much shaken and did not get up. Pongo ran to Anne and tried to put his arms around her. Oh, Pongo, you squeezed too hard, said Anne. Julian, did anything happen? Did the men come? Have you any news? Plenty, said Julian, but what I want first is a good drink. I've had none all day. Ginger beer, I think. We're all thirsty. I'll get five bottles. No, six, because I expect Pongo would like some. Pongo loved ginger beer. He sat down with his sat down with the children, sorry, on the rocky ledge and took his glass from Anne, just like a child. Timmy was a little jealous, but as he didn't like ginger beer, he couldn't really make a fuss. Julian began to tell the others about his day and how he had hidden on the caravan roof. He described how the men had come and had gone under the caravan and then moved it. They all listened with wide eyes. What a story! Then Nobby told his part. I butted in and almost gave the game away, he said, when Julian, had, when Julian had got as far as the men falling asleep and snoring. But you see, I had to come and warn you. Lou and Dan swear they'll poison Timmy somehow, even if they have to dope him, put him into a sack and take him down to the camp to do it. Or they might knock him on the head. Let them try, said George in her fiercest voice and put her arm around Timmy. Pongo at once put his arm around Timmy too. And they said they damaged the caravans too. Maybe put a fire underneath them and burn them up, went on Nobby. The four children stared at him in horror. But, but they wouldn't do a thing like that, surely, said Julian at last. They'd get into trouble with the police if they did. 
Well, I'm just telling you what they said, Nobby went on. You don't know Lou and Tiger Dan like I do. They'll stick at nothing to get their way or to get anybody out of their way. They tried to poison Timmy, didn't they? And poor old Barker got it instead. Is... is Barker all right? asked Anne. No, said Nobby. He's dying, I think. I've given him to Lucilla to dose. She's a marvel with sick animals. I've put Growler with the other dogs. He's safe with them. He stared around at the other children, his mouth trembling, sniffing as if he had a bad cold. I daren't go back, he said in a low voice. I daren't. They'll half kill me. You're not going back, so that's settled, said Julian in a brisk voice. You're staying here with us. We shall love to have you. It was jolly decent of you to come up and warn us. And bad luck to have got caught like that. You're our friend now and we'll stick together. Nobby couldn't say a word, but his face shone. He rubbed a dirty hand across his eyes, then grinned his old grin. He nodded his head, not trusting himself to speak, and the children all thought how nice he was. Poor old Nobby. They finished their ginger beer and then Julian got up. And now, he said, we will do a little exploring and find out where those men went, shall we? Oh, yes, cried George, who had sat still for quite long enough. We must find out. Do we have to get under the caravan, Julian? Afraid so, said Julian. You sit there quietly, Nobby, and keep guard in case Lou or Dan come back. He didn't think for a moment that they would, but he could see that Nobby needed to sit quietly for a while. Um, Nobby, however, had different ideas. He was going to share his adventure. Timmy's guard enough, and so is Pongo, he said. They'll hear anyone coming half a mile away. I'm in on this. And he was. He went scrabbling under the low-slung base of the caravan with the others, eager to find out anything he could. But it was impossible to explore down in the heather with the caravan base just over their heads. They had no room at all. Like Dan and Lou, they soon felt that they would have to move the van. It took all five of them, and with Pongo giving a shove too, to move the caravan a few feet away. Then down they dropped to the thick carpet of heather again. The tufts came up easily by the roots, because the men had already pulled them up once that day, and then replanted them. The children dragged up a patch of heather about five feet square and then gave an exclamation. Look! Boards under the heather! Laid neatly across and across. What for? Pull them up! The boys pulled up the planks one by one and piled them on one side. Then they saw that the boards had closed up the entrance of a deep hole. I'll get my torch, said Julian. He fetched it and flashed it on. 
The light showed them a dark hole going down into the hillside with footholds sticking out of one side. They all sat and gazed down in excitement. To think we went and put our caravan exactly over the entrance of the men's hiding place, said Dick. No wonder they were wild. No wonder they changed their minds and told us we could go down to the lake and camp there instead of here. Gosh, said Julian, staring into the hole. So that's where the men went. Where does it lead to? They were down there a mighty long time. And they were clever enough to replace the planks and drag some of the heather over them too to hide them when they went down. Pongo suddenly took it into his head to go down the hole. Down he went, feeling for the footholds with his hairy feet, grinning up at the others. He disappeared at the bottom. Julian's torch could not pick him out at all. Hey, Pongo, don't lose yourself down there, called Nobby, anxiously. But Pongo had gone. Oh, blow him, said Nobby. He'll never find his way back if he goes wandering about underground. Oh, I'll have to go after him. Can I have your torch, Julian? I'll come too, said Julian. George, get get me your torch as well, will you? Oh, it's broken, said George. I dropped it last night and nobody else has got one. Oh, what an awful nuisance, said Julian. I want us to go and explore down there, but we can't with only one torch. Well, I'll just go down with Nobby and get Pongo, have a quick look round and come back. I may see something worth seeing. Nobby went down first and Julian followed, the others all kneeling around the hole, watching them enviously. They disappeared. Pongo, yelled Nobby. Pongo, come here, you idiot. Pongo had not gone very far. He didn't like the dark down there very much and he came to Nobby as soon as he saw the light of the torch. The boys found themselves in a narrow passage at the bottom of the hole which widened as they went further into the hill. Must be caves somewhere, said Julian, flashing his torch around. We know that a lot of springs run out of this hill. I dare say that through the centuries the water has eaten away the softer stuff and made caves and tunnels everywhere in the hill. And somewhere in a cave, Lou and Dan store away things they don't want anyone to know about. Stolen goods, probably. The passage ended in a small cave that seemed to have no other opening out of it at all. There was nothing in it. Julian flashed his torch up and down the walls. He saw footholds up one part and traced them to a hole in the roof, which must have been made years ago by running water. That's the way we go, he said. Come on. Uh, wait, said Nobby. Uh, isn't your torch getting rather faint? Oh, goodness, yes, said Julian in alarm and shook his torch violently to make the light brighter. But the battery had almost worn out and no better light came. Instead, the light grew even fainter until it was 
just a pinprick in the torch. Oh, come on, we better get back at once, said Julian, feeling a bit scared. I don't want to wander about here in the pitch dark. Not my idea of fun at all. Nobby took a firm hold of Pongo's hairy paw and equally firm hold of Julian's jersey. He didn't mean to lose either of them. The light in the torch went out completely. Now they must find their way back in black darkness. Julian felt around for the beginning of the passage that led back to the hole. He found it and made his way up it, feeling the sides with his hands. It was not a pleasant experience at all. And Julian was thankful that he and Nobby had only gone a little way into the hill. Oh, it would have been like a nightmare if they had gone well in and then found themselves unable to see the way back. They saw a faint light shining further on and guessed it was the daylight shining down the entrance hole. They stumbled thankfully towards it. They looked up and saw the anxious faces of the other three peering down at them, unable to see them. We're back, called Julian, beginning to climb up. My torch went out and we don't go very far. We've got Pongo, though. The others helped to pull them out at the top of the hole. Julian told them about the hole in the roof of the little cave. That's where the men went, he said. And tomorrow, when we've all bought torches and matches and candles, that's where we're going to. We'll go down to the town and buy what we want and come back and do a really good exploration. We're going to have an adventure after all, aren't we? said Anne in rather a small voice. Afraid so, said Julian. But you can stay at the farm with Mrs Mackey for the day, Anne dear. Don't come with us if you don't want to. If you're going on an adventure, I'm coming too, said Anne. So there, I wouldn't dream of not coming. All right, said Julian, we'll all go together. Golly, things are getting exciting. Well, they might be getting exciting, but they might also be getting rather dangerous because you can guarantee that Lou and Dan are not going to leave them alone while they are still camped over their hiding place and while they've got Nobby and Pongo. Oh my goodness, not only have they got Nobby but they've got Pongo too. Things are just going to get worse and worse, aren't they? I can't wait till tomorrow now. So tomorrow we'll be on chapter 17. Oh, got to be almost at the end because normally there's about 20 something chapters, isn't there? So we're almost going to be at the end. But it's so exciting. I can't wait. Anyway, um, let's we're going to have to wait because there's not a lot I can do. Um, so that was chapter 16. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> and hopefully I'll see you all again tomorrow for chapter 17. Uh, but until then, have a great day. Take care 
and oh go on stay safe as well please <laughs> i'll see you all again tomorrow bye for now